Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Northern Business Leaders, brought to you by professional services firm Deloitte. And today we're at Tease Components, a heavy engineering company in the North East, with its managing director, Sharon Lane. Sharon is an award-winning business leader and is today's Teesside Business Executive of the Year. She has a fascinating story to tell of how she went from apprentice to MD. Sharon, welcome to Northern Business Leaders. Thank you. If we could start with how you pursued your career in engineering. Yeah, so when I was in my teens, I first went to university and started on a full-time degree. Um, in maths and management science and I got halfway through that and decided it wasn't for me and I dropped out and said that I wanted to go into the family business so I'd grown up with my parents running this engineering company and I decided that's what I wanted to do and my parents were very clear that if I wanted to do that I had to start with an apprenticeship and learn right from the beginning so I went to TTE which is um, a training company in South Bank Middlesbrough and started a mechanical engineering apprenticeship. So that was in the 90s, round about then, yeah. you know, how was it being a girl in the 90s in an apprenticeship? Yeah, I was, um, so I was just one of just a handful of girls in the training centre, so you, you did get used to kind of always being the only one and getting, you know, you felt a bit the odd one out and being, you know, looked at and you felt a bit, but um, I think that that actually gives you lots of good skills that are very helpful for life generally. Um, I do workshops now with some girls and young women and sort of general skills for work and different situations and one of the things that I always do with them is um, what to do when you're the only one like you because mm. I think actually that happens lots of times it might be that you're younger than everybody else which, which I often felt as well um, when I went into management um, or because of your gender or for some other reason um, so I think that it did me a lot of good, to be honest, to be in that situation. I think that it taught me a lot. And a brave move, you know, quitting, starting an apprenticeship, yeah. but also you're entrepreneurial. So I understand that you have some other skills during that time, such as piano playing. How yeah. did those entrepreneurial skills fare throughout your whole career? Well, I think that's probably what happened was when I was at university because the lectures were all at different times on different days, there was no regular routine and I just had a really strong work ethic and I just wanted to be getting on and making money so I picked up part-time jobs so I taught uh, piano and keyboard and I did various other things and in the end that just took over my lectures to be honest. Um, but once I got into work and I was kept busy, you know, I haven't really looked back and I think it just goes to show that full-time education um, isn't really for everyone. I got my degree in the end, my engineering degree and then my MBA, but I did them part-time and through distance learning. So still gained the qualifications, but it was more about, yeah, being entrepreneurial, working in a business and feeling like you were making that progress. Sharon, you're a successful MD of a business here. If I was a young girl just starting out, what would you say to me? I would say find something that you really enjoy and stick with it. Um, if you're going into business, in my experience, just don't try to do everything yourself. So there'd be something that you are absolutely the expert on and you are really good at. The stuff that you don't know so much about, get help, partner with people, network with people and make contacts. And I think that's the same for anybody now going into business. I think it's just so important. And um, 
this is a family business. Um, your dad is very active in the business, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So how does that feel then, having a father who was heavily involved, he's now the chairman? Yeah. What, how does that feel for you now? Do you feel like you're slightly under more scrutiny or is that a great benefit? I think it's a real benefit. I mean, Dad and I have worked together now running this business for 15 years. Mm -hmm. So we've settled into a really good working relationship. Um, I think that family businesses are quite unique in how, just the dynamics and how you work together. Um, you've got different strengths and you've got different focus. I mean, for example, I think collaboration and partnership and networking is incredibly important in today's landscape. It's something that works very well on Teesside. It's probably not something that dad would have done and really wanted to invest a lot of time in. Um, part of that is just the way that times have changed. But I love working with him. I really appreciate his guidance. He'd come from nothing himself. He worked his way up from being an apprentice himself. Um, and he's, he's just kept me on the right track all the way. It's fantastic. So apprentice to apprentice. So tell us about these components. You have a fantastic business, but what differentiates you? So T's Components specialises in very large precision CNC machining. So what I think sets us apart from our competitors is our skill level, our ability to deal with complex um, one-off projects, which sometimes have quite a high degree of risk, um, where we are able to produce something to very fine tolerances, We've had the investment, heavy investment in machine tools and measurement equipment mm. to be able to carry that out. Um, and what we really like to do is work with OEMs, um, be part of that iterative design process with their design engineers, give the feedback about how things can be machined um, and really get to know their products as well as they do. Very good. And um, some of those projects, the Humber Bridge, Bond Street, but more recently, you've diversified. So tell us a little bit about the gill thrusters. So the white gill thruster is a marine product. So it's um, basically a thruster that sits in the hull of the ship. Uh, it allows precise maneuverability um, and it will also have a get you home capability. So if the main engines fail on the vessel, it will get the ship home. Um, it's something that we were carrying out the work as a subcontractor, carrying out more and more operations to add value, and eventually, um, just over 10 years ago, we then acquired the product. So that's something that we can now supply complete um, into the marine sector. So it's another completely different part of the business. It's predominantly export. It's very long-term work. So it's quite contrasted to subcontract machining, which is predominantly domestic and quite short-term. Mm -hmm. So it's brought us lots of challenges in diversifying and it's presented us with quite a lot of learning curves for our staff. So part of that is working with the defence yes. sector. Yeah. The procurement and bureaucracy around that, would you recommend it to a small firm? Yeah, I think that the MOD generally, I think, have made great strides now in making their procurement processes accessible to SMEs. So probably wouldn't have been possible 20, 30 years ago, or certainly not as easy. Um, 
for us it was it, it's been essential to our survival to move into these sectors not just defense but sectors which have higher standards and requirements of quality documentation traceability um, so it's certainly not something that we've ever um, regretted doing and yes I would recommend it to SMEs if you've got that capability for change and that drive within your staff to embrace new sectors. So on that and the future of the business, so it, it's, it's kind of led you to take the business in a new direction. Where do you see the future? I would like to consolidate our position now as the go-to machining company, the go-to subcontractor for those one-off complex high-risk projects. We're involved in prototype development, which we'd like to do much more of. We'd like to progress in renewables and defence in particular. And we want to expand, we want to grow. Part of that is investment in new plants, and part of it is making sure that we have young people coming through and trained apprentices. So um, we're recruiting more apprentices now, and we're looking at what we need to do to make sure we have all the resources we need to bring that next generation of engineers into the business. And the apprenticeship scheme, is that successful? I mean, your father was, you have been. Mm. Are you still, are you seeing that that's growing as a route to that talent and the skills? Yes, definitely. I think the fact that so many of us, not just me and my father, but the works manager, the production manager, are all former apprentices of the business. So we know what it's like um, mm. to come in at 16, 18. Um, and I think that's absolutely invaluable. We're putting together these training schemes for young people uh, from a position of understanding. We've got to make sure that we keep our eyes open as to how things are now um, and that we stay close to it. Um, so we work with local colleges make, you know, to try to make sure that we always understand um, their curriculum, their qualifications that they're taking. Um, but I think it is successful. I think that it's about speaking to young people, getting the feedback, and making sure that you work really closely together with just quite a small cohort, really, of young people each year. And are you finding that the colleges and the schools are listening to you as a business, as to what you would like to see for the future? Yeah, absolutely. Again, they are much more proactive now in getting the views of businesses mm -hmm. and what we need. Um, you know, the aim for these local communities is to provide jobs for young people. Um, we need to do that for the, the future prosperity of the area. So it's important that colleges listen to us about what training we need. We listen to them about what they need from us as a business. You've got to be prepared to go the extra mile. Um, we offer works experience placements, we offer tours. Um, I or my office manager will go and do mock interviews, you know, feedback on CVs, just generally because as a business, I do believe you have a responsibility to do that. Um, you can't sit back and expect work-ready 18-year-olds just to turn up without taking any responsibility as a, as a medium-sized employer in the region. Yeah. Just one other question for you. Automation, does that factor into the future? Yeah, I mean, some of the processes that we carry out, um, we have been able to automate and we will continue to do that. Um, I think the nature of what we do and the high skill level means that um, it's not very easy for us to, with any level of investment, you know, automate processes and not have that level of um, input from engineers. Um, but technology moves on all the time mm -hmm. um, and we need to make sure that we're abreast of everything that's emerging.
Your business sounds fantastic. Do you mind showing us around? No, I'd be delighted. You can hear by the noise that we're in the factory. Sharon, what do we have here? So what you can see around us here are a range of large CNC horizontal borers. So we've got lots of different components on these machines. We've got some for the renewable sector. So there's a frame for a generator um, just behind us. We've got some hydropower parts. We've got some rail parts, some marine components. So just a really good indication of um, the variation really of what we do. And are you constantly investing? Yeah, and there's significant costs to any of the equipment in here. So we've just walked past an integrated rotary CNC table, uh, which was a quarter million pounds. We've got a large um, CNC floor borer here, which was a two million pounds investment. So th these are really quite high barriers to entry and um, for continued growth. How do you fund it? Well, we are very risk averse on our board and we like to always maintain um, very strong financial health. So we will tend to wait until we've generated enough in our cash balances um, to be able to invest and grow. So it's very much slow, steady growth. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for the Northern Business Leaders brought to you by the professional services firm Deloitte. Watch out for our next episode. Thank you.